Welcome to today's Advent Cast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. It's Monday of the first week of Advent. We don't celebrate a saint's feast today, so we get to hear the Mass formulary for Sunday again. Now, critics of the Vetus Ordo like to pick on the fact that we repeat things. You people don't get it. These are useless repetitions, they say. Well, it's they who don't get it. It's not that we have to repeat it. It's that we get to repeat it. And repetita juvant. Repeated things help. On the first Sunday of Advent for Holy Mass at the Vetus Ordo, we had the epistle reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans in chapter 13. Brethren, you know what hour it is, how it is full time now for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. Let us then cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves becomingly as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. In 1979, then-Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, when he was Archbishop of Munich and Freising, wrote about this very passage in his Ordinariats Correspondence. The nighttime orgy, with everything it implies, is for Paul a representation of man in darkness, man asleep. It serves him as an image of the pagan world as such, a world drowning in materialism, persisting in the darkness of its blindness to the truth, and fast asleep in spite of all its loud and hectic activity, because it ignores the essentials of our vocation as humans. The nocturnal orgy, as an image of the world gone wrong, are we not compelled to realize with dismay how accurately St. Paul describes here our own times as well, times that are sliding back into paganism? To rise from sleep, this means to rise from conformity with such a world, and with such times, courageous in virtue, courageous in faith, to shake off the dream that prevents us from recognizing our vocation and our highest potential. The songs of Advent, which we hear ever so often during these weeks, could perhaps become for us beacons of light that show us the way and make us lift up our eyes to acknowledge promises so much greater than those based on money, power, and pleasure. Pius Parsh was a canon regular of Kloster Neuburg Abbey and a major contributor to the liturgical movement. He wrote his wonderful series of volumes, The Church's Year of Grace. And this is what he says about the progress of Advent in its stages. Holy Mother Church has made a pattern of progressive revelation her own in the liturgy. It is her way of preparing us worthily for the great feast. This is clearly seen as the picture of Christ gradually comes to life during the weeks of Advent. According to this pattern, the structure of Advent has two main parts, the first of which embraces the opening two weeks. During this period, the invitatory of the divine office hails Christ as the King who is to come. From the third Sunday onward, the church intensifies her waiting. Now the Lord is near. During the first part, we ascend two steps. 
The first Sunday announces, The king is coming. The second elaborates, He is coming to Jerusalem, that is, to the church. The second part of the season breaks joyously upon us. Rejoice, for the Lord is near. That is the initial step. The ember days constitute another step, bringing us to a new consideration. The Lord is coming as man. We hear his ancestry. The days of the O antiphons, those days of most intense waiting, are a further step. At last, on Christmas Eve, we stand before the gates through which the Savior enters the world. This gradual and progressive revelation of the Redeemer, the pattern followed by God and the Church, must likewise become our personal pattern. Christ must shine forth in our souls ever more radiantly until we are prepared to behold his glorious countenance at the parousia. Mm-hmm.